Welcome back, everybody, to TRB. It's the Resistance Broadcast, and we are live. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I am John. That's James and Lacey, and we are here to talk about the latest Star Wars news, also the latest episode of The Bad Batch, and a bunch of other stuff, uh, including our first opener that we'll get to in just a minute. But first, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, if you are not subscribed to the Resistance Broadcast, just look us up, Resistance Broadcast, on any podcast app. Follow us there for free. You get two episodes every week. And then, of course, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the Resistance Broadcast. Subscribe there as well. If you're watching us there, you are probably already subscribed. So welcome, everybody. Uh, we have a great loaded show, so we're going to get into it very quickly. Uh, before I do, just want to say hello to James and Lacey. And did you guys see Ahmed Best's little Instagram that sp spun everybody into a tornado? Yeah. I did. Should I bring it up? Let's pop it up. See what he's got, what he's got going on. So Ahmed Best shared to Instagram, his official account, uh, him in a motion capture rig. Uh, and used a bunch of hashtags like Jar Jar Binks, Sith Lord, Kellerin Beck. So we're not really sure, but he used the quote from Godfather 3 saying, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Uh, and then I believe there was another post with him tagged at Activision around the same time. So people are, they're, they're, they're believing this, it's this a, one. a video game thing. It's ta uh, he's tagged Activision right there. He tagged Activision. He yeah, but someone else there tagged him, like tagged his name in the lobby of Activision. Oh, yes. That's what I saw. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we're thinking video game here. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, we also heard news today. I don't know that it's official, but that the first person shooter Star Wars game from Respawn has just been canceled. Mm -hmm. So a lot of craziness going on in Star Wars video games. I'm not a big gamer. What are your guys' takes on, on Ahmed Best and, and this sort of thing? Do you think we're looking at just a video game? I'm not saying just a video game, but should people not be excited about seeing Jar Jar Binks back on a live action screen? Um, yeah, I think it's probably video game related. But the thing about the Star Wars video games to me is it's not real until it's done. Like because of Eclipse and all these cancellations and other things like that. Like I, even with the movies, we've gotten into that stance a little bit where we're like, well, when we see it, we'll believe it kind of thing. But the video games to me have been like that for a very long time. And I'm probably even more firm than I am with any other Star Wars property. If they tell me they're doing this thing and they make this big announcement, I go, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, we'll see. Like, whenever whatever comes out i will be like cool they just announced this and i'm like what do you mean they just announced this we've known about this and i'm like we've known about a million video games they just don't make them they announce them don't make them um so uh i i mean i think this would be cool it's it's neat that he's involved and i think like if you're to this point too um where you're actually like recording the characters and stuff maybe maybe there is more to it but i, I but i but i don't think anybody really knows what this is so we'll mm -hmm. see yeah, I would assume because he does do the hashtag Keller and Beck that it's him playing that character digitally, um, which is cool. That might be he might be going into some type of Jedi game or maybe downloadable content or some type of skin for something like you don't really know. Um, I hope he's a part of the game. That'd be really cool just because I love seeing Ahmed Best like thriving in the Star Wars world now, like getting all these opportunities. It's really cool. Um, just like James too, like 
it's hard to get excited about stuff, anything Star Wars really, until it happens. Because I feel like over the past three to four years, like it's just been nonstop, like all different genres, whether it be books or should I say mediums, it books, comics, video games, movies, show, like all different stuff gets canceled. So until it actually happens and we get an announcement that and even if we get an announcement sometimes, even if we uh, once we have it in front of us, I, I wouldn't be too crazy about it, but I'm really pumped for him. And like, it's really awesome that he gets to talk about it because as we know, Lucasfilm and Star Wars in general are really kind of quiet about these things. So for him to get out in front of it and be like, yep, I'm doing this. This is happening. How cool is this? Um, it's nice. It's a nice change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like it for him because he obviously went through so much and it's cool to see him coming out the other side and <clears throat> to uh, like Hayden Christensen, but Hayden, as far as I know, didn't go through as dark of times as I'm invested, at least he didn't publicly say so. Right. Uh, good to see him, you know, doing well and, uh, you know, having some fun with this joke and saying like, oh, they're bringing me back again when he's obviously very excited to be involved with Star Wars. So whatever it may be, I hope it does come to fruition and I'm good to, it's good to just see him uh, well. Quick uh, little, quick little thing too. I just was, I was remembering now as I'm looking at a different article that, uh, EA has had exclusive rights to Star Wars for 10 years. And now that we're past that, maybe what we're saying about video games is going to change for Star Wars because more prominent or just more publishers in general are going to be working on stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. And that's why I was like trying to find what does Activision have for Star Wars? And they might not, I don't know, maybe they do, but like right now it might not be anything. Um, but I was thinking maybe they had like a series where it's like galaxy of heroes or something. And you're like, Oh, maybe it's, maybe it's just that, you know, maybe it's something simple. But anyway. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, so let us know what you think in, in the comments, of course, uh, if you're joining us live or if you're just, uh, you know, if you're listening, uh, after the fact, but, um, for those of us who are with us live, we just want to let you know, we're about to get into resistance report, but we are doing ask the resistance live later in the show. So if you have a question, a Star Wars question you'd like us to discuss uh, on this episode, pop it in the chat and use the hashtag Ask the Resistance so we know that that's a question you want us to use on the show. Uh, and Super Chats, uh, if you want to support the show that way, uh, those get light sped up to the front of the line. But uh, we have a bunch of stories to get into. So, James, why don't we kick it off here with the Resistance Report? It's the Resistance uh, we're going to kick it off with this story from Deadline, um, which was well, thankfully aggravated by what? What about Bad Batch? Oh, you're right. No, we're not going to kick it off with the story from. We're going to talk about Bad Batch first, actually. Spoilers <laughs> at the top. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been doing the Bad Batch reaction show uh, for seasons one, season two. We're on season three right now, and unfortunately, it's the final seasons that might be the end of the Bad Batch reaction show after this. So, if you're you haven't yet checked out those episodes, but I haven't even really gotten the time to talk to you guys, John Lacey, about mm -hmm. the Bad Batch and what your what your thoughts are. Um, you know, where you're at in the series. Are you caught up? Are you ahead? Because you know we were privileged to get some episodes. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know uh, where are you at, John. What are you What are you thinking? Uh, I, I am caught up. Um, I, you know, this latest episode, uh, season three, episode four, uh, I actually felt was endearing. I, you know, it was a very intimate episode in terms of, you know, the players involved. 
And but I think those episodes are good because you really get to see two people uh, develop, you know, what their relationship is, uh, especially one that was probably unexpected earlier on. But seeing uh, Crosshair and Omega and like I was reminded of an Obi-Wan line. There are uh, there are alternatives to fighting. And that's sort of like the theme of this episode where Omega's, you know, Crosshair has these incredible skills to be able to get out of these situations and, uh, you know, high level of combat skills, um, sniper skills. And Omega is in, insistently saying, like, there's other ways for us to get where we have to go. And mm-hmm. he's humanizing, she's humanizing him uh, in a way that is very Star Wars to me. Uh, so I thought that was cool. Um, so overall, I enjoyed the episode. The ending, uh, not sure what to expect there. But one thing that did catch my eye and I don't know how deliberate animation directors are, like live action directors, but when Wrecker and Hunter are coming down the ramp of the other ship and you know Omega goes to hug them and that's a very sentimental moment, but then Crosshair walks down the ramp, uh, they both look like Wrecker's eyes, his brow furrows as though like, oh, I don't trust this guy. And then Hunter's fists, he tightens his fists as like the very fat, like last frame. So they're both clearly not on board not bought in yet but i do think because this is the last season a happy reunion is coming and there will be a moment that crosshair does something to earn their trust back too but overall a uh, solid episode i like the lesson taught there and i thought the animation was good too yeah well it was a pretty thorough walkthrough Lacey, what are your thoughts bad batch so far so i am caught up i hmm how do i say this without offending everybody um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I've always been honest. I always will be honest. I am having a hard time connecting to this show. I, I am not really getting into it and I'm not really connecting with the characters and it's just not for me. And that's okay. That totally happens. And that's why within Star Wars, there's all these different characters and stories that you can kind of pick and choose your adventure. Uh, that being said, I think the animation is incredible. Um, I really want to know how much a credit is worth because they talk about it a lot in this episode. Like, oh, we have to get this many credits. And then she's like winning like 45,000 credits. Yeah. 30. They needed 30,000 credits. And then she won 45. I do like the parallels with, uh, the stuff that the empire does with like Andor, where you basically, it's over and over again. We were learning that like the empire sucks, which everybody knew, but like mm-hmm. how they never play by the rules and they're always going to rigged system. Exactly. Thank you, James. Um, but yeah, I'm just not connecting with these characters. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm super pumped that everybody's excited about it. And like, everybody has something to watch this week. And I see fans online talking about how much they love it and how much it means to them. And I love that for you. I would never take that away from you. I'm pumped for you. Uh, it's just not the show for me. So keep enjoying yeah, it good. yeah mm-hmm. uh, i just feel bad because i feel like online if you say you don't like anything all of a sudden you're a hater and it's like that doesn't mean i'm a hater i just depends on what the thing is like it's still cool I to make fun so. of the rise of skywalker but it's or not the prequels cool even the prequels anymore and the i think the thing that i'm grappling with is I that think, i think people still do i love animation like i love animated films i love animated shows so like to not be the biggest fan of this one like it hurts me <laughs> So it is what it is. Yeah, I think right. the voice acting's great. I think everything about it is wonderful. It's just not for me. Right on. Um, 
Yeah, the only thing, I mean, you, you guys know my reactions, right? Everybody who's watching the show, like if, you, if you're checking those out. So I talk about the episodes, but I did, I did kind of find it funny. I wanted to clarify something today because <laughs> I think it might even continue. I'm not sure. Um, but like, I got a lot of hate for not liking Batcher. <laughs> oh, you okay. did? James is getting Everybody, hate again? It was like some comments, you know, like, uh, Tell me you've never loved a dog without telling me, you know, without saying it. And stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, he has so, a dog, guys. Yeah, I, yeah, I, we have dogs, but like, it's James. Like, I lost my dog two years ago. You jerk. <laughs> it was only Seriously. one of these things where I'm like, it's a little frustrating. Like, if, if you have a really good friend and you know that their dog is like problematic and and like it's dragging them down or whatever, it's like it's not that I don't like dogs. It's that like that dog seems to be like it's a problem, you know. And in this case, they're trying to like get away and be sneaky, and yet the dog seems to be the issue for every every time there's conflict in the episode. It's because Batcher was doing something, you know. So I don't mm-hmm. know, but um, it just felt like it was an easy way to write a story like oh well let's just you know like add a kid or add something that you know nobody's gonna blame but then all these problems ensue because they have that thing and it's like just get rid of the thing you know i don't know but uh james watches those sarah mclaughlin (laughs) commercials and he's like yeah yeah no 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 um <laughs> james you are well, some kind of mystery i'll tell you that. i guess so yeah. let's let's get into that story that i teased earlier about uh from deadline because it has to do with the mandalorian and grogu and how they are doing something uh pretty groundbreaking they are going to be shooting the movie entirely in california and it is uh going to be California's largest tax credit that they've ever given a film. Um, we could talk a little bit about yes, that, Disney but I want to tax credits. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I want to thank star Wars Newsnet too, for aggregating the whole story. Uh, the, you know, it's difficult sometimes when you're reading a lot of different, like political information on like tax credits and things, but they did a really good job of breaking like it the down. Opening and, crawl and of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> the the tax federation. Well, kids like taxation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's get started. Uh, Lacey, let's start with you on this one. Um, what are your thoughts on not only that information about like how they're shooting in California and the tax and everything like that, but also a little bit about the six months that they're planning on shooting and how that ties in like with the movie and everything. Yeah, so it's wild. According to Deadline, they're hiring 500 crew members, 54 cast members, and 3,500 background players for 92 days in California this year. Um, Wow, that's a lot of people. My first thought, honestly, was get ready for the leaks because if they can't keep stuff out of these small, small sets like Obi-Wan and... Uh, even uh, Ahsoka, which, by the way, everybody knows it's the guys playing stormtroopers. So I hope those guys know that everybody knows it's them. So maybe they should. Um, that being said, <laughs> 3,500 people are going to be on these sets. Like, get ready for every single detail that they experience. Maybe not photos, but like sources say that this happened. Like, it's gonna everything's going to be out there. Um, 
but first of all, I'm pumped that they're hiring this many people. It means a lot of people are getting work. They said they're going to have a record-breaking expenditures of $166,438,000 in wages, which is awesome. Um, like I said before, I made a joke about it, but I really mean it. Like, I don't know why Disney's getting a tax credit because Disney doesn't need tax credit, but I stand by that. Um, other than that, it, it's not surprising that it's taking six months. I think in the article they talked about how Rise of Skywalker took about six months and a lot of films take that time to uh, film. It is crazy when you look at it as a season of The Mandalorian versus the movie. The season of Mandalorian, I think they filmed what, John, like six weeks? What, for a season of The Mandalorian? Yeah. Six months. Six yeah, months. Yeah. So yeah. this is going to take five months, right? But then uh, Mandalorian takes six months. But the interesting thing is that Mandalorian ends up the television show ends up with way more footage and content that right, they shot over right. the course of the six months. So what are they doing for five months is the, is what the question that would be posed, but oh. it is a movie. It's a bigger production. So it's going to take, you know, they're going to do mm-hmm. bigger things uh, with that two hours of content. Probably. Yes. I, I misunderstood the timing. So it takes longer to make the Mandalorian because it is a longer show. Cause it's like eight hours. Yeah. Whereas the movie's two hours, but it's taking about the same time. About the same, yeah. Just shy of what it takes to film I mean, it is eight a big one-hour episodes or whatever. It's a bigger yeah. production. Yeah, yeah, it's a bigger production. They have to do principal photography. They have to do reshoots. If they have to do reshoots, I don't know if that's ca- like included in this, but then they also have to do like you know location scouting, all this stuff. Um, it is interesting that supposedly, according to Collider, they're starting shooting in June. Because this movie doesn't come out until 2026. So if they start shooting in June, they're going to have it done basically almost this year, a little into they next said year. October. Yeah. So June right. to October, which is the five month span. Right. So then they would have a long time in post. Now, I wonder if that's because they're doing a lot of CG. What does that really mean? I'm not really sure. I'm sure John has thoughts about it because John's reported on this for years, like different processes of filmmaking a little rusty but we had an episode recently where i was like that doesn't seem right and john was like all that seems right to me <laughs> and i was like well <laughs> make his word better than mine mm-hmm. well yeah like so the mint is uh, did you have other things Lacey? i mean not really it's pretty straightforward it's just numbers and months yeah um not to downplay yeah. this news it's still so, important news because it's happening but Ma- mando was like a 12 month cycle where it would be like filming october to march and then the other half of the 12 months is post-production and that's how that show operated pre-pandemic you know first sure. season second season we were pretty much in lockstep with that then um movies like if for, for an example like i think like april of 2014 the force awakens filmed and then they finished about a year before it came out mm-hmm. and then they had a year of post-production so if this finishes at the end of 2024 if it's the first movie to come out it has about a year a little less than a year and a half in post-production which is great you know because uh, the 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 reflected the the like reflecting back on the sequel trilogy i think the prevailing thought was that they didn't they felt rushed with post-production. So if you mm. give the, if you give Favreau an extra five, six months, maybe reshoots as part of that, 
maybe it's like, hey, maybe, you know, Pedro's available. We can get some scenes with him and reshoots or something. Like, there's a lot they can do. Um, and maybe they can use that time for for other things that may be tied to this. I don't, I don't know. But uh, it's a good, it's never a bad thing when you hear a movie has a lot of time. The, the only thing that concerns me about the all California thing so for perspective, for people who are like worried, like really worried about this um, from like, because if maybe it feels cheap or like, is it just going to look like California and stuff? Um, AKA John, John's talking about himself. No, no. Well, <laughs> only because you made those comments about Ahsoka and stuff. Well, if you're going to go to a brand new galaxy for the first time ever, <laughs> and it looks like it's right off the 405, like, come on. I'm just saying because you're like some people, and I'm like, so you. <laughs> well, here's my here's my thing because you know I'm a Favreau. Favreau's king. Like, I know. I love I know. Favreau. He makes billion dollar movies. I have I have all the faith in the world because he's doing this movie. If any right. of these stories came out and he wasn't the one making the movie, I'd be very nervous. But it's because it's Favreau. I'm all good. Uh, having said that, for people really freaking out, like Iron Man was filmed exclusively in california minus i think one segment in nevada and mm-hmm. it's you know you could split hairs about that um and it kicked off the mcu and it was a great success and i know it's not in a galaxy far far away so there's different elements here in terms of visual effects but that's a big time movie and the thing about favreau is uh the 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 notion about him or idea about him is that he rarely leaves California to make productions. So he part of this whole deal was, uh, yeah, I'll make the Mando movie, but I'm staying. I'm staying here. We're doing it here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to England. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing any of that. And they're like, fine, do it here. So my only concern is, is it going to be volume reliant too much? Uh, mm-hmm. so that remains to be seen. Mm. I, I don't know what they have for a budget because them reporting like this wouldn't shock me if Disney put the like gave gave this information a deadline or whatever. Because like when does a movie ever report on this is how many jobs we're creating and how many wages were like I've never heard of that before. All I've heard is here's the budget for this movie and we're gonna hope it's good and we hope you like it and it's all about the consumer. This I is assume like, the PR spin on the tax credit. I know people like me like, go, ugh, tax credit. And they're like, well, we're also creating all these jobs. Like, so applause. Like I'm just saying that's what it probably is, is the Yeah, I just I don't my, remember ever hearing a movie like reported right. out that way. My thought is that it's probably because it's the largest tax credit. This happens with all the movies, but when it when something breaks the record, mm-hmm, then all of a sudden mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, shoot. And like, that's a, and you know, they start looking into it and they're like, well, now that I'm looking into it, yeah, it's like tons of, of people that they're going to be hiring. Um, it, it, it's exclusively to California. That's a John Favreau thing, which if that's a John Favreau thing and that's like a, a, a trademark of his, then it's not even really that common. So it's, like this is sort of even a rare thing that California probably even looks at this and it probably hasn't happened in a long time. So when he asked for the money in today's money, the tax credit in today's money, it broke the record from some other movie years and years and years ago that was exclusively to California. That was also a big name, you know, maybe it was sure. Iron Man, who knows, you know? Sure. Um, But actually all that made me think John, that it isn't going to rely on the volume because I, I started yeah. thinking all those people, I mean, I know there's going to be scenes. They're not in every scene, but I'm saying you have a lot of these big, huge scenes. I, so yeah. you're not doing um, like CGI extras they, and stuff. 
I don't think they are. I just hope that they aren't. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, I, I expect them to use the locations throughout the state. Um, California has a lot of different terrain. You know, you can go to Northern California and, and maybe capture something different than you're going to see in, you know, Southern California or whatever. So it's not like our state, <laughs> my state, where it's just like, there it is. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I am excited about it. Um, I didn't like bug out too much about it. I just hope when we start hearing about filming, we hear like locations like, oh, now they're filming up in, you know, wherever, like up by San Francisco or, you know, wh- wherever, just so they get away from Manhattan Beach. You know, if they're just in that and on that set. And I am a little worried about the leaks too. Lacey makes a great point because it seems like those LA Good luck. get very <laughs> leaky. So, yeah, uh, if this is but, the opportunity for the Mandalorian to sort of shoot like Andor in the sense where they like go to a airport, yeah. you know, yeah. and they're like using that set to sort of extend and bring it to life. It's like, well, then good for it, you know, and yeah. um, maybe that maybe all of this time has to do uh, with a lot with scheduling. They're like, well, the only time we can get there is like during this week. So we got to shoot this stuff over there and, you know, move things around. So it's a long extended shoot. It's being shot for a lot of money probably because it's real locations, real sets, and it's going to take time to build all that stuff. So all of that makes me feel a little bit less reliant on that technology because the other thing too is like, wow, that is an awesome piece of technology. It is one of those things where you can notice. And I think they, Disney wants to go above and beyond and say like, we're not Mm -hmm. really doing that. You know, Um, we're not doing the volume for this production because it's, because it is what it is. You know, it's a, it's a feature right. movie. It's, it's the one thing movie. if they want to cut corners with the Disney plus shows, but yeah. if they start tr- like trying to cut corners with a star Wars movie, then I think it's a big problem. So hopefully that's not the case. That's all. Yeah. And I think we're, I, I think we're only, we're not far away from that being okay. I think like the fact that we're even looking at the Mandalorian right now and we're like tweaking it a little bit. It's like, give it a little bit longer, a couple more years, put a little bit more money into that technology. We probably aren't going to be able to tell the difference, but we still are in that weird spot right now. A new, a new thing came out today for um, Avatar, the last airbender and a bunch of it is shot on the volume and they're like not afraid to show it at all. But I've been seeing people comment on some of the, some of the shots don't quite feel right. And it's a, it's a little bit because that technology is amazing for what it is, but also it, it can be noticed. It's almost like that technology falls in uncanny Valley, which isn't quite right. Cause that's human faces and stuff, but it's this like thing where like, you know that the background's wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Um, but anyway, all that to be said, I think that the Mandalorian Grogu is putting a lot of money into it and that's a good thing. So, yeah, that's all I'm seeing in this report. Um, moving on, though, let's talk about uh, the acolyte. Let's move back to uh, Star Wars television. Uh, Amanda Stenberg did an interview with Magazine C, and if you were able to look at the pictures in here, she's wearing crazy expensive stuff. This mm-hmm. isn't normally a. Um, I mean, it's kind of similar to what Hayden did recently. Like he looked very s- stylish, um, but they put in this particular magazine, they put all this stuff about how much she was wearing and all this. And I just thought it was like crazy, like $35,000 dresses and stuff is nuts. How about the $53,000 necklace she was wearing? Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it was pretty wild to like look at the pictures and and they're all cool photos and stuff, but it's like this and then the background of the article is her just talking about science fiction and like how she feels very drawn to she felt like a very forced moment you know when she was cast like this is the place she wanted to be um but Lacey, i'll start with you on this one what are your thoughts on uh this article and and you know her coming to the acolyte her entering star wars galaxies i think amanda is gonna have amazing time in star wars uh, they've already said that they can't believe they're in Star Wars and who they get to play in the Star Wars universe is insane. Um, I'm pumped she's, they are playing against uh, the guy from Squid Game. I love Squid Game. I had to rewatch that. I keep saying that, but I really do mean it. Um, but going into the context of where it plays in the High Republic and how it kind of ties into what George did. And I really liked the quote that they gave, which is the idea is, uh, is kind to honor the ethos of star Wars and ideas around the force and also challenge them. Hopefully harmonious, harmoniously. Yes. Harmoniously. So I like (laughs) that because I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So, they're going to go along with what George already did and play in that sandbox, but then also challenge those ideas and that they're not necessarily trying to break the mold or do something new just for the sake of doing something new. Um, to me, it read like, Hey, we're going to play here and we're going to like kind of ask questions here and there, which is what Leslie Headland has always said. You know, the writer director of the series is saying that, she constantly is challenging what she knew about the force and challenging what she loved about star Wars. And she's straight fanfic. And like, this is such a dream project for her. So Amanda's playing in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. The clothing definitely stuck out to me throughout this whole article. Cause as I'm reading about, you know, the hunger games, it's like belt Dior, $1,500. What, like, I'm like, what magazine is this? Is this a style <laughs> magazine? It has to be right. <laughs> I don't know, but it made me laugh because it would be like, oh, I live in New York. And uh, Amanda was talking about how her apartment was falling apart during yeah. an audition with Scarlett Johansson where like the ceiling was falling down. And then it's like belt, Gucci. Yeah. I'm like, sell your belt to <laughs> fix the how, problem. But how expensive <laughs> are the accessories and clothing they give the people on magazine A and magazine B? Because this is just magazine C. So you got to figure those yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I get it. I <laughs> so stupid. This is one of those things where I'm sure she didn't get to keep any of this. She was just nah. styled, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they just like put it on her, took the photos and then like, uh, it became part of a catalog. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting to see the, the context of both of, you know, her reading her interview and then seeing these like crazy, high fashion photos and stuff uh mixed in with it um john what are your thoughts on the article by the way i also liked how they talked about uh social media and how generation you know gen z has grown up with social media as a part of social media and it's who they are but at the same time hating it at the same time because i find like i am very much on that path recently of i love it and i love the online jokes i'm chronically online as they say and i'm always in it and i know what's going on but at the same time i despise it and i don't want anything to do it And there are days that you just have to log off Mm -hmm. um 
and Amanda talking about how they had a flip phone because they didn't want an iPhone, but then they moved their SIM card between flip phone and iPhone when they're taking breaks. And I was like, this is wild. Well, yeah. And she said, depending on, depending on where she is like in a specific um, business sense, like right now I need these people to be able to contact me you know, and I need to be online for these reasons or whatever, but when I'm not, I'll pull it out. So, Mm -hmm. but talking about how the algorithms play into everything that you see and say and think and feel and just reminding people, I was like, she's so smart. I wish people would listen to this more often of like, Hey, you're in an echo chamber. Remember that, which also plays into star Wars. You know, you have the rebels that are thinking they're doing everything that's right. And they're we see that in the sequel trilogy a lot where they kind of, and Andor especially, where they're going back and forth on what's good and what's right on both sides, where you have the Empire doing these terrible things, but then you have people inside that are like, oh, but we're doing this for the betterment of whatever. And then you have the rebels that are like, no, everyone's got to die, even if they're on the other side, just because they're against us. And it's like, okay, but you're still killing people. You know um, what I'd you know what i like to see? Actually, you bring up a really good point. I feel like I want a villain I want a person who's on the empire who never like truthfully sees that it's corrupt. Right. Like I want them the whole time to just be like, no, this is the right thing to do for the people, for the galaxy. Well, that's kind of what, um, what's the character? Oh my God. He lives with his mom. Cirrus. Cyril. 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 Cyril Karn, right? memorable character. He's kind of that character. He's not bad enough that you're saying, James, but like he's on that first cusp of what is what we're doing is the right thing and what I'm doing is right. And I'm so, you know, vigilant in doing what's best for the galaxy. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. But he's on the early I'm thinking of Deidre in that that show. And I was like, nah, she's kind of bad. Well, we we, we saw it in Solo with the whole recruiting theme and how it was this jovial sounding, you know, you know, march of Hitler. Like we're going to like portray ourselves as the good guys and they feel like join the empire and see new worlds. And, you know, we did see that side of the recruitment element of the empire. We didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Cyril's a good Cyril's a good pick. But I guess I was I was really picturing somebody who like goes down with the, the ship is like this yeah. is the this is the right way to be i will die for the empire and it's a good thing and not they're never a villain they're you know from their eyes their perspective the world they grew up in it has only solved problems and these people over here are the only people who are causing all the problems it would work if they just would stop blowing things up or whatever you know what i mean but mm. anyway i'm getting a little off topic john i want to hear your thoughts on what uh Amanda had to say in this article what are we talking about? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Everything about uh, the acolyte. Yeah, yeah I, I liked what she had to say about the institution of the Jedi Order is what I assume she's referring to. And it's sort of, you know, end of the High Republic. Everything's supposed to be peaceful. The Jedi are in power. But she's alluding to the fact of, you know, what can happen when one institution is sort of in control of how this mystical thing should be used. And so it seems like what they're approaching this as is there are people who are glad that the Jedi Order exists, that it is peacetime, but they're getting a little skeptical of their power 
and questioning things like, why do we have to do it this way? And that sort of thing. And, you know, you remember hearing them saying that this is going to be like a detective story. Uh, I believe I, I, I got to remember his name because I can't call him the guy from Squid Games, but I believe <laughs> he's playing a former Jedi master or something like his that. His first so, name's Jay, J-A-E. Yeah, or Jai, Jay. He he may be disillusioned or something. And, you know, she she's uh, Stenberg is playing his his apprentice or former apprentice, something like that. So Lee, I, Lee I think Jung it may Jay? be one of those. Huh? Lee Jung Jay. Lee Jung Jay. Yeah. It, yeah, that's him. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is I know this is supposed to be a dark side story, but I wonder if it's people who have been a part of the Jedi Order or whatever the hierarchy may be. Uh, who are discovering other things, whether that be Sith artifacts or something like that, that are, are helping them understand the Force in a different way. I I'm not, I don't want this show to be like, here's the point of view of the Sith and why the Sith is the way or something like that. I, I hope this is sort of a murky sort of area. Not, And I want to use the word gray because then people are like, oh, gray Jedi, okay. But <laughs> I, the, I think the like we saw in the prequels and i my firm belief is that the jedi sort of shot themselves in the foot and and screwed up in a big way based on how they began uh, were operating and i think this show might be like the start of why that was the case and i think that's very interesting um and i like what she had to say about just you know her involvement and being excited to be a part of it i think that's great um so hopefully we get more of that uh, i'm just I, I forget what we saw at Celebration a year ago. I know n- not everyone got to see it. I, I, I'm sure there's... Oh, it was so cool. I remember, th- I, remember, I remember saying that was the best footage we've seen here at Celebration. And that was all the stuff we saw, you know, whether it was Ahsoka or... Skeleton Her character crew. has a very Visions-esque... Um, yeah. It's going to be a really beautiful looking show, I think. Sort of like... It will, it will be held to the same standard as like Andor from a visual and production standpoint. Now, story, I think this might be more interesting because it is delving into the mystical sides of things and with the dark side flavor. So I'm, I'm very excited for this. And the fact that we haven't gotten a lot about the Acolyte yet and the rumor is that it's coming out in June. I know they like to z- like really speed things up as things get closer. So maybe May the 4th is the kickoff for that marketing for this as Bad Batch ends. But just getting this here it's allowing me to wonder and speculate and get excited. And that's for me, that's always a good thing. Yeah. There was yeah. something else I forgot to mention in the article that really stuck out to me was uh, when Amanda met with Leslie Headland, she said that oh, yeah. all the concept art was her in all the costumes and everything. And it reminded me very much of how in the Mandalorian, um, John Favreau wrote that role for Giancarlo Esposito. And he was like, this role right. is for you. So I hope you take it because I wrote it for you, which is funny because Matt's trying to finish up Better Call Saul in our house. And I've never watched that before, but he's in it. Um, so every once in a while, I like look at the TV because I hear his voice and I'm like, <laughs> hello, Moff Gideon. And that character is literally Moff Gideon. I'm going to be honest. It's the same character. Yeah. So I laugh. He's sort I'm of like, the same in The Boys as well. Yeah, so it made me laugh because I was like, oh, okay, I get why, you know, John Favreau was like, I want that evil dude just dressed up in a cape. 
And he was like, okay. I think he's also thing. like that in Far Cry. I've never played it, but like my impression for from him. that character. He found yeah, his, it's little, like he- his little box. He's in it. He's having a good time. I love it. Um, but yeah, Amanda said that all the character art had her face on it. Yeah. Was, yeah Leslie that, was very that. much like, if you don't do this, I'm in trouble because I made <laughs> this whole show for you. It's wild. Mm-hmm. That's such a that's such a crazy honor to think like, you know, you've been working in that business for a little while and somebody comes along and they're like, hey, I got the chance to write Star Wars and you're the one like I'm screwed if you don't take this. It's like mm-hmm. that's she, a pretty that's a pretty neat thing. Did, did she say what Headland saw her in that made her say like, oh, she's who I want? Like, did they not reveal in this that? interview? Not in this okay. interview. Okay. I always like, like when I hear that, I'm always like, I got to go watch whatever that is now so I can get an idea of what she saw in that, Mm -hmm. not even just the actor, in that particular type of, you know, role. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, my apologies. So it's, yeah, Lee Jung Jae. I'll remember that. I I hate, like, I don't like being the guy from, you know, oh, it's Kramer. You know, (laughs) I like trying to remember the person's name. So I'll try to remember that uh, in the future. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in the acolyte. Um, I'm, you know, when it like John, the way you're saying about like the Jedi Order and everything, I, I you know, I'm hoping the show is a little bit different. Um, I I tend to see it more like, uh, you know, you have a, a kid and the parents are good and the parents are raising them right. They're like, you know, but then you have this like friend that's like, hey, you should come down to the train tracks with us or whatever, you know, and you're like, I can't, I got to be home by you know, the streetlights or whatever. And it's like the parents are trying to do the right thing, but there's this dark side of this other entity. It's like, do you really listen to everything your parents tell you to do? Dude, you got to let go. You got to break away. They t- they have control over you, you know, be, be your own person or whatever. And that is like more like the dark side to me. And I could see when you have the high Republic that is clearly taking care of business, you know what I mean? They're, they're handling these like pirates over here and they're handling these like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, plant alien creature things over here, you know, um, everything that's been going on in the high Republic and they're, and they're doing a good job at it. But when they're the, the Sith and the dark side are out there, um, planting seeds the whole time, it's going to come into question where they're going to be able to, to convince certain people like, why do you trust these guys? Why are they, you know, why do you, um, why do you think that, why do you let them be in control of everything? Why do you let them what? So Palpatine in the prequels to Anakin, basically. Sort of, yeah. But I think that's yeah. like it's it all leads to that. Yeah. I like again, like I don't think I, I mean we've talked about this before and I don't want to get into it, but like I really don't think the Jedi did much that was wrong. I think they were just infiltrated by the the bad thing. Um mm. but I but I hope that the acolyte uh shows that because we don't really have anybody in the dark side like taking over. So it's more like that seeds of the dark. Like what is the dark doing when the light is still prevalent, when it's still like at its height? It's a, yeah. She's playing a former Padawan. So she's young and she's already out. So clearly her disillusionment already happened. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I love that we don't really know a ton. So I, I, I can't wait to, and it seems like at this point we're not going to get, you know, a lid blown off. So we're going to go in relatively curious, which is pretty cool. I just mm-hmm. remember Carrie Ann Moss and like the teaser was just, she shows up in like 
a total kind of like superhero stance. Yeah, fight it's like scene. knock someone back and they're like, Shh. yeah, across the room yeah. kind of thing. I think Amanda, Amanda does it. She is kind of like testing her type thing. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And Jonas is playing a Jedi bookie. Good for him. <laughs> Amazing. Good for him. I almost forgot about that. That's so awesome. Well, um, we're going to move on to our next story. But before we do that, I do want to toss out that at the end of the resistance report this week, we're going to be doing ask the resistance. Uh, so now is the time to submit the star Wars questions that you have using that hashtag ask the resistance, go ahead and throw it in the chat and, uh, we can lead up to and get a good, uh, body of uh, questions there for that segment. But before we even get there, I want to check out a super chat that came through. Yes, yeah, so we have a couple super chats. Uh, a couple of them are questions, so I'm going to hold those till the end. Perfect. However, I do have one from Nerdy Seb. Thank you so much, Nerdy underscore Seb. Thanks for the super chat. They said, "Hey guys, been a while. Hope y'all are well. It's we been well. a week. It feels like forever, but when we take a break, it's literally just one week. <laughs> but yeah. it's yeah. because we do so much that when we take a week, people are like, "Where have you been?" That's um, true. Yeah. It ended up last week I got very sick. I'm still kind of getting over it. I don't know if you hear my voice, but uh, yeah, no. that, um, that amongst other reasons is why uh, we took a break because I couldn't yep. talk. I had no voice for two, three days. Yeah. Anyway, but thank yeah. you. Other than that, I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing? I'm Good. Great. Solid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, I Carrying on. I, I start a new job Monday, so I'm excited about that. Um. And beyond that, nice. spring's coming. Daylight savings, feeling good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bennett mm-hmm. starts a new soccer uh, session. <clears throat> Not like playing games, but like a training session. It's coming up, so we're pretty excited about that. My, da- my daughter really turns three on Saturday. So that's another. That's my wild. baby boy started to roll over today. <laughs> Can you believe right. it? Like. I forgot like all these like big things. Cause when you go through it, it's kind of just like it, it happens and it's over. But now that I'm going right. through it the second time, it's like, I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, wait, is he, he, and he's like, I, yeah, I had to relearn stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really yeah. funny. And then also you had to learn roll over. Yeah, I did. Like, yeah. <laughs> I still do. Um, and then it's also really funny with kids and you only know this if you have them. Um, I guess you don't, I guess you could know them otherwise, but, your kid starts to look different every time they get a little bit older. So like they start with looking one way and then a couple of months later, you're like, Oh, it looks like, looks like Matt. He looks like Matt. And now he looks like my dad, not Matt, like my father, his grandfather, uh, Hmm. which is hilarious to me because my dad tried for three times to get a boy and got all girls. So didn't have any (laughs) sons. And now my dad's doing the ultimate move. Whereas he didn't get any sons, but he got a grandson that looks like him. Psych nice. wins. <laughs> uh, but yeah, fun. Fun times. Um, yeah, those are much better times than than mine. I was going to say, oh, Lacey's gone. But okay. um, I don't know. She disappeared. But uh, I was she just going to say Dune 2 comes out this weekend. <laughs> I was like, that's a big deal. <laughs> I'm excited for that. What's that? Dune, welcome back. Yeah. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do we have to um, No. <clears throat> anyway. No. Um, 
We do. I mean, we no, can fine. probably get to the that's other fine. two super chats now. I think, Lacey. Oh yeah. Don't we have I've an, just, other stories? One of them. I mean, one of them's a question, and They're it's a questions. joke. <laughs> oh okay. Uh, which which one? Yes. Oh, GK Bowles. <laughs> Thank you. GK Bowles, what up? Thanks for the super chat. GK says, "What's up, y'all? I love how everybody uses y'all. Uh, what did Leia's adoptive parents say when she used to sleepwalk as a child? Uh oh, <laughs> it's the rise of Skywalker." <laughs> We should have saved wah, that for us, wah, the resistance. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, GK Bull. Appreciate it. That's good. What does the GK stand for, Bowles? Great Is Bowles your first name, bowling. your last name, your middle name? Mm. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. Uh, back to the stories. Uh, to the stories. Uh, is we got a interview uh, in Games Radar with Andor Star. Andor Star, I said that right. Stellan Skarsgård. Oh man, that's a tongue twister if you say it. Andor Star, Stellan Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Uh, anyway, he says that uh, he prefers to think of the show as Star Wars for grownups, uh, which is a little controversial statement there. But uh, the other part of the headline is that he is kind of hinting that season two is actually going to end up being later this year. And I was going to ask you guys if you thought that was accurate because personally right off the top, I don't, I think he's misfired before. Right. And some other people have, um, yeah. I think he just doesn't care to be honest. Uh, John, like, what are your whatever. thoughts on I think it comes out this the year, article, what he had to say? Um, but specifically I want to know about that season two release date. What are you thinking? And well, as I understand it, uh, Stellan knows exactly when the show's coming out and he, it's cryptic, but he wrote an equation on a blackboard. Uh, and whoever can figure it out, God, you always do will this know joke. the date. Can you of get when anyone? Andor season two comes out? <laughs> that's what I. That's that. That's to my understanding. That's completely one hundred percent accurate. Right. Not based on any previous works of fiction. Um, anyway, you're welcome for the for the reference. Uh, I love this dude. I always liked him. Uh, I think he's great. I, I agree with James. Maybe he doesn't exactly know because he said end of this year, maybe early next year. And I think everyone was kind of eyeing uh, early next year for the return of Andor um, because there are openings now and we do have a celebration coming in 2025. Um, so could Andor, like if Skeleton Crew does come out at the end of this year and that wraps by around the holidays, then you have a, that opening because there's no more Bad Batch, and we haven't heard anything other, uh, anything else animation-wise coming. So, so then you have they nothing. are hiring animation artists today. Yeah, so I'm saying they have nothing coming out yeah. next year. The animation yeah. series take years to develop, so you're going to have that January to celebration time where you're going to put out nothing leading up to celebration. So I think it wouldn't shock me if Andor does come out and maybe we get that similar type of situation where we get an episode or maybe even the finale of Andor at Celebration Japan. And then it comes out like that next day for everybody. Uh, you know, one of those types Probably of situations. That night. I, think, I think that'd be really cool. So I'm still thinking early 2025, 
possibly even something because it's 12 episodes. If you start it in January, late January, you'll finish up around the time of celebration. So that, I think that'd be a, a perfect fit there to close out that um, and potentially close out the foreseeable future for Star Wars Disney Plus shows because there's nothing else in the pipeline besides Ahsoka 2. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what, you know, what else is coming. So I, I, I still think Andor early part of 2025 and I would love it to, to close out a celebration because I do think especially diehard fans would have a lot of fun watching that together uh, especially if it's the thing that builds up to the very beginning of Rogue One. Sure. Lacey, uh, Star Wars for grownups, what do you think? I was going to say, that's the one phrase in this whole interview that stood out to me was the Star Wars for grownups phrase because I think actually that's a perfect way to describe Andor because Star Wars in general is for children. George has said it. Everybody knows that. Uh, a lot of people like to use that in internet fights as Star Wars for children <laughs> if you're getting upset online about something. <laughs> However, I find in this example, Andor is for grownups. I don't think, and anybody's allowed to prove me wrong, that kids are really lining up to watch Andor. It's very kind of dark and serious, and the intelligence level is high for Andor. That's what makes it so great. That's why people love it. It's a little darker and grittier than your normal Star Wars. Uh, there aren't any cute little green aliens running around to complement the darker themes. Therefore, uh, I actually liked that he said this, you know, Star Wars for grownups. I think he takes pride in that. They're like, hey, I'm a little part of a little bit more serious Star Wars. And I understand that. And I think that while I love Andor and I think it's so well done and it ha has so many really meaningful moments like, you know, Kino Loy and all these other things, but it's not my favorite and it's because I think it's the Star Wars for grownups whereas I like more of kind of the fun happy ending magical puppet stuff and you're not really seeing that in Andor and I think a they pair had of one, aliens one, that helped them at the end yeah. and that's okay <laughs> yeah and that's okay um, but Again, nothing surprises me when he talks Stellan Skarsgård because he's just so like straightforward. This is another job for him. And I kind of love that. I love that he's like, this isn't my dream to be a part. He's just like, I'm here to do my job, read my lines in epic fashion, and <laughs> Which, peace out to the next This job. interview is happening because he's uh, getting ready to release Dune 2. He's in that movie. Yeah, and they... They are Dune two, yeah. incredible movies. I haven't seen Dune 2, but like that's the vibe coming off of all of the reports and everything. And it just kind of reminds me that this particular actor mm -hmm. is someone who chooses movies like that. Um, yes, he was in some of the original Avengers and stuff, but I, I think those were... Um, those were early when the uh, when the MCU was still kind of trying to find itself and we didn't really know where it was all going to go. So they were just like crazy, big budget, big things. And he's like, OK, that's cool. Um, but even, you know, over his entire career, he's he's chosen very particular uh, movies that are hard hitting and, and um, make you really think he usually is not like very comedic or anything. Um and that's, that's, I think, what's so exciting about him talking about uh, the last season of Andor. Um, 
You know, I'll read that full quote just so that everybody doesn't just only ever hear that thing. He says, it's the last season of it. It ends where Rogue One starts. So it's up to that point. I think it will be a very good as already the first one was satisfying for me because it's sort of Star Wars for grownups. It's more realistic and complicated society uh, that they're living in. And the claustrophobia of the fascist regime is palpable. I think we have a good season ahead of us. So I, I, I like the actor. I like the show. Uh, and it, and his comments here do get me excited. Even if, you know, it's sort of, uh, a dig. It may be some people who don't like that thought. <laughs> I think it's true. I don't even know. I didn't, I honestly mm-hmm. didn't take it as a dig. I'm not saying you're saying this, James, but I didn't. Some people online were talking about it that way. They were like, that's not true. I didn't take it as a dig at all. I took it as very straightforward, like, hey, this is more serious. And it is. It's the more serious one. And we just spoke with Kyle Newman like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, who even himself said, everything can't be Andor. Everything can't be serious. So you do need some things like The Mandalorian to complement that. Um, I don't think what he said was a dig. I, I completely don't, but I can understand why people mm-hmm. might take it that way. I can't, I can't think of like a, a good example, but it seems like something you well, would say when you're trying to downplay all the other Star Wars content, like, oh, that's what I, kiddie stuff. This yeah. is, this is where the grownups come. You know what I mean? This I, is, I the, this is a real show, not like that other stuff. I think it's prestige chasing. I think people yeah, I don't like, think it's, mm-hmm. I don't think he means it that way necessarily. Yeah, I, I think people like to latch on to things that get acclaim from whether that's critics or sure um, or academies and, and award institutions because it validates the art and Andor's looked at as like you know art. It's an it, it the, yeah we we we've made mm-hmm. art here because it means they have good taste. This that's isn't what they're and. I can see how that rubs people the wrong way because sometimes there is this probably inadvertent snobbishness that comes off when you say stuff like that. And I do think some people who maybe aren't the biggest Mm -hmm. Star Wars fans say like, this is how Star Wars should be. And that's a cousin to the people who are like, we need rated R Star Wars and we need sex scenes in Star Wars and stuff. And it's like, there are other things beyond Star Wars where you can get that. And there are. They also use this for pull quotes, by the way, like the best Star Wars I've ever seen. We're all the pull quotes for like that type of stuff, you know, and and I do think fans who love all of Star Wars sometimes like to latch on to the, oh, Rogue One and and Andor are prestige Star Wars, you know, and and, and that's how I feel about that, that type of stuff. And it's not intended, but I think the. Um, the perspective of that feeling sometimes can be received that way. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's always intended. I think some people do and some people don't. But. I mean, I could flip the whole thing around too. Like I know that George has said that a million times Star Wars is for kids, but I could also find it insulting when somebody is like, you actually like Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like that's it's kid show or whatever. And you're like, well, you know, like I know I'm an adult, but like there's a lot of like adult theme stuff and you know it's it's fun and blah 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 and you could defend it from a stance of like i'm not watching um you know like a a children's show you know what i'm saying i am watching this thing that is 
meant to be for everybody. I think somebody used to say um, this something some similar with with Pixar is there adult movies that are kid friendly, not kids movies that are adult friendly. Like DreamWorks mm. is kids movies that are adult friendly because they have adult mm. jokes that go over the kids' heads. But Pixar movies are made for adults, but they put them in a framework that is more f- that kids can watch them. Um, it's the Guillermo del Toro right. animation. Yeah, is a that, medium, that, that is a good example. Anime in general children. or something like that. It's yeah. the studio's. Studio Ghibli stuff. Yeah, that's those movies are kid like movies, but those movies have a lot of adult themes that yeah, are. Yeah, you like for cartoons grow up. And then kids And it's tend like, to like there's them. this argument of like, it, you know, I, you know, it, it goes both ways. I think Star Wars actually does a really good job at being that sort of like four quadrant thing. It's for everybody, it's for kids, uh, it's for adults, this? it's for. How about people stop caring what other people like and just like, like your thing? live your life and shut up oh that's never gonna happen john <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. like this is for this person this is for this person but this person should watch this it's just like just watch your thing if you if you're like 45 and you like watching reruns of mr rogers have fun like whatever it always amazes me that people have more opinions <clears throat> about what people like and dislike yeah. than well, it's, actual it's the opinions way the world um all right, what else we got cooking? Um, one <laughs> last little thing here, and this was more of a rumor, but it was that Angela Bassett might be um, involved in Star Wars, uh, the rumors that she met with Lucasfilm. Um, now, the reason this is tagged as a rumor, I don't know if you, if anybody watching the show came across it, but it is behind a Patreon paywall um, from Daniel Rickman. So it's kind of one of those things where maybe we wanted to take a second and talk a little bit about... Um, rumors and when to believe certain things uh, some of that um i don't know who wants to kick it off this rumor was everywhere uh so i was when we were chatting offline i was the one that was like hey should we talk about this because it was something that everybody was talking about over the past week especially fans that love black panther or love her other work you know she is an oscar-nominated actress so when rumors were flying that she was meeting with Lucasfilm, the question is, what could it be? Could it be a villain? Could it be yeah. someone in Star Wars? Is she actually meeting with them? And then we got into a really good discussion about how it is behind a paywall. And what does that mean? And I, I think, John, you might be the best person to, to touch on this, only because in the past mm-hmm. you have been the person to report on rumors or discuss rumors in a professional setting. So I think oftentimes, and now more than ever us as fans and just people in general need to understand misinformation what's real what's not what's a rumor and what's not a rumor Mm -hmm. and when you should immediately believe something or when you should kind of take a step back and be like is this real should i be spreading this everywhere yeah and i don't know john you know i'm not here to promote someone's patreon beyond our own but uh, (laughs) i'm also here not to say one way or the other about (laughs) Uh, someone who's like a, a scooper by like by a living. Um, I, I did see about mm-hmm. something non-Star Wars. Jeff Snyder, who, you know, love him or hate him, the, the guy has great sources and he seems to nail everything in Star Wars. Um, yeah, he 
he and Marvel apparently I think doubted this guy and then this uh, this guy turned out to be correct about something non-Star Wars and I, I believe he's been hit or miss with Star Wars stuff um but when you know when someone puts something behind their paywall they're you know they're in other words saying like uh you know i want your money in order for you to get this information when they know darn well that once someone reads it they're going to post it on reddit or it's going to you know spread around so you think about that element of it but also what is this like so this is a, a rumor that she met with them to potentially talk about a role so what does that mean would someone at lucasfilm like does this guy have a source at lucasfilm who's like angela bassett was here today or did he does he know her pr rep mm -hmm. from other stories or something like that you can build a relationship by like oh i have this story and a pr rep contacts you to like pull it down or and then you develop an actual friendly relationship with that person like it could be one of those situations i, I think think about tim morrison when he was first yeah, I, talking about Bob Fett, think, and they, they were and like I, he's i don't know it. this and they were by like, experience but i think more often than not when we get stories like this, they are from the person's PR reps or publicists or whatever, because they do want that buzz. They want their name out there. It's free publicity. Yeah. You're attaching mm -hmm. someone to a massive IP. She's already been in Marvel with uh, Wakanda Forever and Black Panther. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. it, yeah, yeah. A lot of this makes she was nominated sense. for so an Oscar. If she for did that. meet with them, I wouldn't be surprised. But it is a rumor. It was behind a paywall, right. and you know these people are hit or miss sometimes with these things. And I, you know, I, I don't uh, personally know um, Daniel Richmond, but uh, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, you just, you, you just got to try to use your best judgment with these things. And if you have a scooper or a reporter who gets into these types of things and you find that they're often correct, then stick with them. And if not, don't. And it's up to you to decide whether you want to believe something. But when it comes down to something uh, uh, where an actor's met with a studio without any other tangible information, I typically just say like, oh, cool. Okay. I'm not like, Angela Bassett's playing the main villain in the Ray mm -hmm. movie. You know? Right. We don't know. The problem is, is that you have all these sources, or not sources, but uh accounts online now that only will post the picture and then a, the logo of the franchise oh. and will put like source like they don't say it's a rumor they'll just say so and so from, met with lucasfilm this on a person, role for know, star wars right. source this, this yeah. was interesting too yeah, because yeah. not only we were discussing this story too but also we were looking at the the news of like the next ray movie title and it was like there were people that were like this is it we can confirm it and then very quickly after other people were like absolutely not and so it's like it's this thing where um when we're talking about rumors it's like even mm -hmm. sometimes these people that are good at scoops it's like you have to take everything they say with a grain of salt and you have to look at where um, even a lot of this news is coming from, you know, take a look at the sites and the sources and maybe try to figure that out. But mm -hmm. again, always go back on the grain of salt thing. This I, I'm going to, I'm going to guess, I'm going to say this Angela Bassett thing did happen. She did meet with someone at Lucasfilm, but it doesn't mean anything. 
there's probably been tons and tons and tons of people that have met with Lucasfilm about the possibility of something happening, whether it be actors or producers or directors. Absolutely. So we that doesn't surprise me at all. It's just yeah. what John was saying um, is, is probably exactly what it is, is that she just happens to have a good PR department that's working for her that says, Hey, let's get this out to some people. And, you know, as soon as we start hearing Create this buzz. person with this studio, um, you'll get the buzz and it'll be a rumor, but it'll get a good day and or get two the fan of reaction, how people are exactly. feeling about that rumor and you know, yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I literally okay. saw Marvel and DC and it was this big like synergy thing, you know, things all day. Things that really are happening sometimes don't end mm -hmm. up happening. So <laughs> <laughs> absolutely true. as we've talked about so right um all right so we have uh super chats to get to right let's we can do that yeah do we want to get into ask the resistance hop into the questions okay first up we have david ford thank you so much for the super chat it said after working with john carlo on parish oh, okay. i can tell you his character is different Ooh, on his new show inside track oh, but then david. that means okay, parish he was Thanks that character again right that's another one all right <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> Then we have Stubby One Kenobi. Thank you so Thank much you. for the super chat. Said you, you are awesome. Thanks, no, Stubby. you're awesome, Stubby. Stubby One. Way to All go. Right. Stubby. All right. Yeah. Uh, ask for resistance time. Let's go. All right. Let's do it. I've been wondering, what are midi chlorians? Uh, so is Omega. All right. Nerdy Seb is hitting us up with a question. <laughs> hey, Nerdy. Thank you for the super chat earlier as well. Uh, Nerdy said, do you guys think after all the Disney Plus content is released, will they announce more shows or focus more on movies? James? Movies. After all the Disney Plus content is released, I think that is going to be it for a little while. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same boat. Lacey, what do you think? I think it's movies. It's pretty clear that Bob Iger is getting mm -hmm. wanting to get more money and people the into movie we're, theater. We're heading back to the movies. Thank you, Nerdy Seb. Uh, and then our last question for the sake of time is going to go to Darth Snips or come from Darth Snips. Thank you, Snips. And her question is, what are you all most excited or hopeful to see in The Acolyte? We already kind of talked about this before, but Lacey, do you have anything in particular uh, that uh, you're eager to see or maybe learn about? I'm eager to see the fight scenes. I think this show is going to have some of the coolest fight scenes from what we saw in the trailer, what we were discussing earlier, and um, just that it's like dark side stuff. I think the stunt work is going to be insane. Um you guys know me. I'd be super pumped if there right. was any type of romance mm -hmm. in this show. Would be wonderful. Uh, I highly doubt that there is. <laughs> it seems like it's more on the, uh, hey, bad guys are taking overside. Um, so I'm going to go with nice. stunt work. James, I think you? that's what I'm most I think typically for. when we talk about this show, we think of it as this sort of dark side Sith, you know, and that, and that aspect of it is pretty cool. But actually... I'm really excited to see the High Republic aspect of it. I 
I know that in the trailer, there was a point where they show like, I don't know, six or seven Jedi and they all light up their lightsabers at the same time. And I was like, we haven't really got something like that since like attack of the clones. It feels, um, cause most of the time when we see Jedi, mm-hmm. we, we get mm-hmm. introduced to new ones all the time, but they always feel like it's just them fighting like clones or stormtroopers or something, you know, some, some thing. I um, was going to say what Lacey was saying, like the action scenes, but it from not necessarily like the choreography of it, but just literally from the visualization of seeing, um, I don't know, 10 plus or, or who knows how many Jedi all like in a big battle scene. Like that sounds awesome to me. It's a bunch of lightsabers and they're, they're green, they're blue, they're purple. Who knows? Uh, they're just not red. You know what I mean? I mean, red would be cool too. And I, you know, it would be really interesting to see, um, what we've seen in video games before. Have you guys ever seen that where all the lightsabers go up and then all the dark one, the red ones turn on? Mm-hmm. The, yeah, I mean, that's cool too. I don't think that's happening in yeah, the Acolyte, yeah. but I am excited to see at least the, um, the, the multitudes of Jedi that we might actually get out of this show. Pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. I'm going with the whole pre Palpatine Sith stuff. I want to learn more about the Sith. I want to learn maybe some things that we have never heard before. Maybe some things that, um, wasn't public knowledge to the Jedi at any point. Cause the Sith seem very, ominous and mysterious to even the Jedi from most of what we saw uh, to this point. So, you know, whether it's Sith artifacts, whether it's Plagueis, you know, anything that brings Sith to, because I mean, we've gotten so much with the Jedi. Like we got to even, we need a balance in the storytelling and it'd be just cool to not necessarily have a, a Sith dominated thing where it's like, here's the, you know, two Sith or here's Plagueis and his master or what, whatever, but just being able to add a layer to understanding what the Sith are on a live action setting in a series like this, especially when we know it's sort of this detective type of story. I think it'd be cool to have some really cool realization about the Sith that make us go like, Oh my God. To the point where we even view Palpatine in a different way, not in a good way, but in like a, Holy cow that this is crazy. How long, blank has been going on or you know that's what i was talking about earlier i think there's going to be people out there that are like painting the light differently you know what i mean casting that shadow on the light sort of thing and maybe making us think sort of in that like thanos was right sort of light where it's like oh man maybe the jedi aren't that great and like they're sort of starting to to twist that truth to make even the audience feel like maybe there is like a balance to the light and dark, um, like choose a side, you know, it's not like mm. these are the good guys. These are the bad guys. It's like both sides are okay. You know, they might start playing in that world or exposing the truth that the Jedi are corrupt. You know, that too, that too with great power, like, but that comes great responsibility. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. That is, no, it. you didn't, it's <laughs> the Madam Wed one's different. It's, uh, when you have responsibility, you will gain great powers. John, you should know that. They changed it. Uh, yeah. I got to catch that one. Or it's back when your mom was doing yeah. research with him about Don't spiders. Don't you know in the that Amazon. this is the new version, John? Yeah. Madam Webb. I'm, well, I'm more excited for the two sequels they're doing. 
So yeah. I'm very excited for that. Morpheus um, drops on Disney Plus in a couple days. Yeah. All <laughs> right. That is it for Ask the Resistance. That is it for the show. So we want to thank everybody, whether you joined us live or you're listening on your favorite podcast app or watching After the Fact on YouTube. Thank you so much for being a part of TRB. We hope you have a good time when you watch our show. That's the main focus. And we hope you love Star Wars as much as we do. And clearly, if you're checking out our podcast, you do. But thank you so much for being a part of what we've got going on here. Make sure you're subscribed. Spread the word. Tell your friends. And if you do love what we do here, head to Patreon. Because we are heading there right now, actually, for our live monthly Q&A where if you are a patron, you can ask us questions about anything and we will answer them and have a good, fun time. Crazy story sometimes. So head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Tiers start at just five bucks and you get full access to the new content on the page, including mini episodes, exclusive podcasts, commentaries, polls, a lot of good times. And depending on where you are, we have it on the rankings uh, and in the tier structure, we have a Discord server. We have monthly calls, Zoom calls, a lot of good stuff. So check it out, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, special shout out to the generals and spice runners, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Shitty, Danny Mike Ramori, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, Dave Hornack, and Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, and the spice runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and the Fort Worthian. And all of our patrons, all of our listeners, all of you, thank you so much. Uh, for me, Johnny Hoey on social media and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. We just did an episode on Rocky. Check it out. Uh, Lacey, how about you? People can find me on social media at Lacey and Gillerin. Bad Batch reaction show guy, James Bainey. How about you? Yeah, I was going to say social media at Meyer Trunks, but also on this channel at uh, the Bad Batch reaction show every new episode good stuff uh as we aim to close that one out pretty soon pretty soon um all right thank you all so much we'll be back with you on monday where we are going to speculate a little bit more about the acolyte uh based on wikipedia so we'll get into that monday uh but we hope everyone has a wonderful week weekend and we'll see you next time right here on the resistance broadcast we'll see you around kids